everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. Coming to you from the apocalypse. No, I'm just kidding. Extreme apocalypse. <laughs> We've got everything. Extreme tractor pull. <laughs> Extreme indoor sitting. <laughs> Extreme indoor standing. Your eyes are going to get sore from the amount of TV you are watching. Look up from your phone every five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, this is a date with Dateline. <laughs> we never really said it. They oh, should, hi. They should know by now. Oh, this is a date with Dateline. Um, a double, this is actually a, a Dunkin' Donuts date. What are we calling it? A donuts and coffee date. I added donuts to it. Oh, okay. Because I'm doing the recap. So okay. on the ones that I do the recap, it's a donuts and coffee date. I love it. I miss donuts. I had got some at the store. But not like at a donut store. No, no. They're those little, the rolls of the ones, the minis, you know? Oh, the hostess ones. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. But I think you could go to Krispy Kreme and drive through. Can I? Yeah. Oh, I got to work that out. Okay, thank you. That's that's my Friday. All right, now we know. Okay. <laughs> um, so this is another ID episode from the article that I read called Don't Watch Alone, Not Which Stealing is, from Dateline. <laughs> and also now is the appropriate approved behavior by Dateline is to now watch alone. Dateline at all. Dateline and the world. Yes. Yeah. You are now encouraged to watch alone. N- yeah, correct. So... This one is another one from Your Worst Nightmare, which also brought us the lovely tale of Danny in Wall. Danny living in Wall. <laughs> Danny he... Danny LaPlanted himself in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we come up with this before? I don't know. I feel like we were right next to that and we just skirted all around it. Ah, oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed for us. <laughs> um, no, this one is the episode immediately following that, strangely enough, and it's called Murder House. Yes, not the American Horror Story season one. That's what the first thing I wrote down, not to be confused. Yeah. <laughs> right, with Connie Britton. Um, oh, I love her. She should be in everything. Yeah, she's pretty good. Did you watch Dirty John? Did I ask you that? Yeah, I didn't. I watched like one episode. Oh, I watched the whole thing. It was pretty good. I liked the girls who played the sisters. Mm-hmm, me too. I liked every- yeah. I liked all of them. We're good. I didn't, I don't know. It gave me the willies even more than the podcast did. That story is scary. I did make my mom listen to it because she's on the dating market and I want mm. her to know. Did you tell her we met Tara? I did. I tell her you did. Yeah. Okay. So Murder House, Your Worst Nightmare. We open the episode. Season with, two. Oh, episode sorry. two. Season two, episode t- five. No. I think it's episode two because Bump in the Night was episode it's Episode one. one. You're right. Season two, episode Two. I don't know. Oh, five is the next one. Sorry. There's another one coming in this season. They really like to pick this for the list. This so basically big... when they said shows that you shouldn't watch, they meant like one show that you shouldn't watch alone. No, and there's like... like four episodes from this this particular show and then they're all spread out all over the place. Okay. Everything How else many is are on weird. the list? Like eight, seven okay. or eight. Yeah. So literally half are from this show. Yeah, hmm. apparently so. It's um, a good show. It is. It's really spooky. I kind of want to watch all of them. Every time I finish one, the next one starts and I get into it and I have to stop Mm -hmm. it. Okay. So we open Murder House with Babyface Cop uh, walking up to a big fancy house in the suburbs. He's looking kind of leery and you can hear opera music playing from the inside of the house. He knocks. There's no answer. So he just lets himself in as you do because it's kind of fancy neighborhood that apparently no one locks their doors. We also don't know what year this is taking place in yet. 
Um, so it makes a little more sense if we find out when this is. Um, I don't know why. We don't know why he's going in. I'm like, is there a noise complaint? Hello, officer. I hate Vivaldi. Can you come over to my neighbor's house and tell them to stop blasting opera music? We yeah, don't know why they're too there. loud. Yeah, it's really loud. So he's going through the house. And again, he's got his flashlight because we can't turn on lights because that just doesn't work. It's also the middle of the day, but you still need a flashlight. Um, he switches off the intercom that the radio is playing through or the music is playing through, which gives us our first hint that this is clearly not modern day. He goes through the Some dining houses room. houses have intercoms. They do, but I wouldn't picture it like that. That is a very specific, like, older yeah. intercom system. Um, and he goes into the dining room, looking around, goes into, like, the whatever it is, an antechamber, later referred to as the ballroom. Well, well, <laughs> it's not what that is. I don't know what that room is. I, second dining room? Dining room into second dining room? <laughs> dining room into lounging know. parlor? Um, it's a huge house. It's a mansion. Yeah, It's like the house from Clue. Right, exactly. He goes into the carriage house through the dining room. And then it there in the ballroom, he sees three sleeping bags lined up. And we know at this point they probably have dead bodies in them because there's lumps in the bags. He Mm-mm. pulls back the cover of one. Yeah. Not even, no, I, no. We see his reaction, which is falling backwards, mix of horror and I got to call smell, somebody. right? Yeah. And he's sort of sniffing in the house, but you don't, it's not super obvious. Um, and then we immediately cut to opening credits. That's all we get. Uh, I would not open those sleeping bags. No, they're lined up like Heaven's Gate cult. No, it's no. creepy. That's why I'm not a cop. I, I would run from things. Oh, yeah. if you were a copper? That's why I'm not a cop. Because my instinct when I see three sleeping bags is like, nope. That's Someone the else only can reason. check this out. That's the only reason. There's many. I just, I just am hit with examples of it every day. Why I'm not brave enough to be a police officer. This was mine today. Today it was this yeah. sleeping bag. Um, yeah. So we are in Westfield, New Jersey. The year is 1971. This area of Westfield, New Jersey, is a really affluent suburb uh, that brought the promise of a picture perfect life. But the problem with a picture is it only tells half the story. And a true monster is hiding behind this stately facade, which we could have guessed. Daily? Um, hmm? Stately? Stately facade. Uh, gotcha. Did I say daily facade? I just couldn't understand you. Oh, stately facade. We get interviews with a few different people. They're really not interviewers. They're more like storytellers in this case. We get the former assistant prosecutor, the former chief of, chief of police, and we get a psychiatrist. We just get helps. a lot of white guys. Yeah, with glasses in above 60. Yeah. So, but which makes sense because this took place in 1971. Yes. So they were around for it. Um, Patricia List is the first character we meet. She's a teenage girl, a normal teenager. They, they call her Patty. She is prepping for dinner in the kitchen. And keep in mind, all of these episodes are completely reenactments. So these are all actors playing but the roles. But this is what I love about it. It's like... It's 1971, and the narrator's like, it was a whatever day, and Patty was making dinner. And I was like, how do you know who was making what was happening for dinner in 1971? They take some liberties, but um, I like it, and I think the acting is usually pretty good in these. I liked Patty. I liked everyone in this. So Patty List is prepping for dinner in the kitchen, TV dinners again, and Dad's creeping around the corner. He surprises her. 
Dad's, he's a creeper, he, molester vibe. He is a super creeper. Um, he's very monotone. Um, he's described as being very strict and dour. And I felt like that was, that told me all I needed to know. If you're using dour to describe someone, that's, he's a stick in the mud. He's a sourpuss. And to add to that, he is a devout Lutheran. Not saying that those things are mutually exclusive. (laughs) I'm saying that when you put devout Lutheran on top of dour, it's not good. No. No, it's never going to be good. He's also an accountant. So now you're sticking mathematician in there. This is this is not paint a good picture of John List. He doesn't seem like a fun guy. I know some fun accountants, but this yeah. guy, not one. No. no. They said that prayer and family are the center of his life. He doesn't seem to even like his family that much. Let's be honest. Jesus is the center of his yeah. life. Frederick and John Jr. are his two sons. So he has three children, Frederick, John Jr., and Patty. They are younger brothers. I think Patty's the oldest. Um, they are because when one of them speaks, I thought it was a girl speaking. Oh, oh my. And had to go back. Patty, did you get the role in the play? And I was like, oh, that's the mom. The mom walked in. No, that wasn't the mom. That was the brother. I listened to it three times. Oh my gosh. I did not realize that. So, but we're at that part right now. So they're all sitting at the dinner table. Mom is noticeably absent. And what happened? Who made the dinner? No, it's TV dinners. That was the big deal. Is that they're TV dinners. But then, she, but then he goes... Go upstairs and get your brothers for dinner. I'll fix the table. But then who's going to actually cook the TV dinners? I'm sorry. Is there a microwave in 1971? Uh, No, not 71. Maybe. It depends how... Well, they were pretty rich. Yeah. I'm trying to think of that movie with Jennifer Lawrence. That's when they first got the first microwaves in that movie. The Hustler? Uh, the Hustler. Is Hustle. that what it's called? Hustle. Hustle. Huh? It was 70s themed. It was. It but probably is not called either of those things, but yeah. And Christian Bale and Bradley Mm -hmm. Cooper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I can't, I don't know what year that was. But anyways, she's trying to put together the TV dinners and he's like creeping. She's like, dad, how long have you been standing there? And he's like, go get your brothers for supper. I'll take care. I'll set the table. And then they come down to eat and the table set with food on it. Just a little continuity issue. I'm not sure if we're supposed to know how much time has passed. I think we're supposed to assume a reasonable amount of time has passed. None of this is super important. No. But details matter. So. Yeah. I get it. Um, So they're all sitting at the table and young Frederick says, or John Jr., we don't, I don't know who is who, says what? Frederica. Um, Frederick. Frederick. Patty, did you get the lead in the school play? There we go. Um, Sounded like Cindy from the Brady Bunch. (laughs) God, oh, come on. I'm so sorry That's to not... that young man who has not hit puberty yet. Yeah, it'll change. Um, so that is now an important part of the story is that Patty is, Patty did get the lead and she kind of wants to be an actor, not kind of, really wants to be one and thinks that, you know, when she's done with school, that this is where her life is going to take her. And John <laughs> good is Good luck, having... Patty. Good, first of all, good luck, Patty. It's 71. I don't know. Maybe dreams You're going to were... pick up and move to... Um... To L.A.? Yeah. Maybe maybe dreams are, are more feasible in 1971. She might be really good. She got the lead in her play. She didn't get the background. Good. I like her. I think she's very pretty. Yeah. I'm saying those girls that want to dream big and shoot for the stars. Okay, now you're being dour. It's, it works out 0.1% of the time. Dour. That is it. Everyone, live your dreams. Ignore bitter Kimberly. <laughs> It's fine. My dreams are washed up at this point. Okay, so all see, I can do is, is poop on other people's dreams. That's great. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, so then as they're sitting around the table, 
mom comes in. We are introduced to Helen. Um, her first line is, give it a rest. We're all going to hell anyways. Clearly drunk. Helen is an alcoholic. Helen and John have been married for 20 years. And she's not very nice to him or the kids, really. She's no. not pleasant. She's tells, sits at the table. First of all, is making fun of the TV dinners. Everything she says is like mocking like, oh, TV dinners in this big fancy ball in this big grand dining room. What would they say about you at work? And like things like that. Pissed that no one brought her, invited her down. And Which then, was, I believe, Patty's job. But no, well, wasn't she supposed to go get the brothers? Because he said, where's your mother? And she said, she's upstairs. Where else would she be? That's our first clue. Yeah. The she's mom's, a drunkard. Yeah, true. Whatever the PC term is for that. And it's the 70s. We can say it lush. And Mm -hmm. so then I think she's supposed to go get the brothers. And then she's like, nobody called me down here for dinner. That's not very nice. And it's like, do you hear how you're behaving? Of course, they didn't want to eat with you. You're making my stomach turn, mom. I cannot. I was so uncomfortable. I don't know what is it about really mean drunk people, sarcastic drunk people, um, I have no history of being with around drunk people. I'm not like scarred from anything, but I felt scarred. I felt like triggered. It's watching Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, you know, and she just keeps getting drunker and more angry towards her husband. And we're yes. all watching it. And it is so uncomfortable to watch. It's like the dinner party from the office times 12. Yes. And I'm just like, my skin is crawling. She's so sarcastic with the husband. And I'm just like, Egh. she's just pokey at him too she's poking for a fight constantly like every every single second she she tells john the biggest point of the of the dinner is they're they're setting us up so there's some sort of church supper and we know that john is very into church it's his life everything revolves around god and the church and prayer and she says i'm not picking up anything for the i'm not making anything for that church supper so you can just pick something up on your way there well she says she can't cuz she's too busy right what and, are you doing right well i think that that's a sarcastic thing too i'm busy and she's she's not like i mean she just doesn't want to she just wants to make him mad everything yeah. she does is to provoke him and so there He's upset because he thinks that the item for the church supper, well, it needs to be homemade. It was supposed to be homemade. That Those were the instructions. And she has some sort of saucy retort. Do you remember what it was? I think you have it memorized. No, but- I just remember when she said she was going to get, she says, I'll get a TV dinner for the thing. And he that's goes, what she says. that would be inappropriate. Right. He says that's completely inappropriate. That's what she says. She says she's going to get a TV Weird dinner. Weird reaction. Right. Inappropriate. He doesn't understand sarcasm because clearly he has the, I'm not going to say what he has, but he has something that makes his reactions off. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So he can't read social cues. So he's struggling here. This is a bad combination. This also, is like- I saw an episode of King of Queens where Carrie and Doug had the exact same fight about the church bakery bake off. And it mm-hmm. was delightful. So th- I don't know why I felt like I needed to interject that, but I did. Because you, because not one of them is an angry drunk, which right. is going to make everything awful. So yes. um, we find out that Helen had had a previous marriage. I don't know if he passed away. They just said she was previously married. I don't know. I thought kids he was from a war marriage. hero. He was. Did he, he die in war? 
They didn't say that. They said he was a war veteran. Oh. So he was, I don't. Yeah, I feel like he died. They they did not say she was a widow, which I feel like they would have said that she was a widow before. So, but she thought that her first husband was a very manly man. He was a war veteran and that's what she liked sort of, I don't know what that means in Helen's head, but John is decidedly not that way. So it's going to. To her, I found him plenty manly. He's kind of cute. Mm, (laughs) Uh, So John suggests uh, that maybe grandma would want mom's TV dinner if mom's not going to eat it because mom's going to drink her dinner tonight. And he doesn't say that. I said that. So now we find out that there's a grandma in the house. Were they not going to feed her if the mom didn't want her TV dinner? First of all, grandma's flowers in the attic. Grandma is so ignored. It, but for, I did, I feel bad for Patty because when the mom walks in, the dad's like, go make your mom a plate, Patty. And then she makes mom the plate. Mom doesn't want the plate. And then he's like, Patty, go see if your grandma wants that food. So A, were they not going to feed grandma? B, poor Patty. That's why she's thin. Can she get two bites of her food in, please? She's no. not your slave. Well, no, but that's what, no, because... Mm. This is showing that you do have no experience with alcoholics because what happens is someone else in the house takes over. Yeah, she's the mom. Yes, Patty is the mom of Patty the house. Patty is the lady of the house, which is said later, and it's important because it's true. So on the third floor, a.k.a. the attic, 84-year-old Alma is living, who is the mother of John. She is a German immigrant, which I'm just going to go ahead and say that she is possibly... A you know what? A Nazi? Well, they're hiding her in the attic, Kimberly. <laughs> Just like Anne. Okay. No, but so, not Anne. The opposite of Anne. Right, the opposite. Um, no, here's here's my issue. And I rewound several times because I was like, what? So she has a, a thick German accent. Correct. She's the daughter of a German immigrant. Why does she have the accent? It was a character choice. That the I rewound made. five times again because I was like, why does she have the accent? She's the daughter of a German but maybe immigrant. maybe they spoke in a, the thick, their thick German accents at home. And she is 90 years old and has retained that accent. She's 84. She's a lovely 84, number one. Um, I, don't, I don't know why the actress made the choice, but I will say she had a good German accent. So I wasn't mad. I would have been mad if it was very poor and she'd been flittering in and out of it. I would have been grumpy. But well, she there, had a very that, strong German accent. If she's the accent. daughter of a German immigrant, there's no way that she's a Nazi, obviously. Oh, if she's 84, she's not a Nazi. And 80, 84 in 71. Would it make her how old in the 40s? A Nazi. Right. But then she would be the immigrant not the daughter of an immigrant. We have questions about Alma and why they're hiding her in the I feel attic. like they filmed it one way and then the voiceover guy had his script to say daughter of and never the twain shall meet in reality land. And they just thought that people like us weren't out there that would catch it and be reviewing this so closely for a podcast. Apologies, we caught it. It's okay. Um, she was still a very, she did a great job. So- Patricia comes in and gives grandma the food. Obviously, Patricia does not want to hang out with grandma because I don't know. Grandma does not seem infirm. She's not like in a wheelchair. She's in a rocking chair when we see her. But it it doesn't seem like grandma leaves the room. 
and I don't Grandma, know why. And I don't think she has a TV in there. She has a window, so she's a peeper. She can look out at the neighbors and see what Jews are out there that she can report. Allegedly. Um, so, Allegedly. But so she has no TV. What else is she going to do? And they, they keep the door closed, too. You know that room does not smell great. Closed window, closed doors, grandma living in there with nothing to do. Does she have her own bathroom in the attic? I don't know. They was a really big house. Why is she on the third? Why would you put an 84-year-old woman on the third floor so she can't move around? She's not going up and down the stairs. They don't want her seen. No, they don't. Yeah, you're so right. So, mm-hmm. again. Nazi. Nazi. All right. Fol- I'm sorry. totally nailed it. I feel really bad. I do not think that all Germans are Nazis, but I do think that the circumstances surrounding <laughs> the mother here is yeah. suspicious. So yeah. she seems to be in hiding from yes, something. Yes, she does. And she seems to just speak in Bible quotes and say really creepy, weird things to teenage girls. Right. So she immediately asked Patty what I think that all of us knew she was going to ask her, which is, "Has you have you been a good girl? I can't speak in a German accent. I can only do Russian. So, Well, first she asked her to stand by the window so she can see her better. I did not think that was important. So I did. I thought it was creepy. <laughs> I want to get a good look. It's like the the witch in like in uh, like Little Red Riding Hood. Little like, bit. I want to yes. get a better look at you. Yeah. With my eyes. I don't remember how that story goes. It's something like that. All the better to see you with, my dear. Right. All the better to yeah, yeah. eat you with. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then she wants to know if. Patricia has been a is a good girl, and we all know that she means virgin. Um, Patty doesn't seem to know what she's asking, but Alma wants to make sure and says, "I think you know what I'm saying." I can't. I can only do a Russian accent again. Apologies. <laughs> really sorry. Um, it's creepy though. It is really creepy, and she's got that like sort of translucent skin. That sort of happens sometimes to elderly people. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's almost like glass. Yeah. And then, yeah, her eyes are very light. Mm, Yeah, it's creepy. So Patty obviously is very uncomfortable and makes an excuse and leaves the room and says, just leave your plate at the door. Like a... (laughs) Like a freaking prisoner. Like a prisoner. Slide it under, Grandma. I'll come back in two hours and make sure you're still breathing. This is But you know what, Grandma? Don't quiz a teenage girl about their sex life and maybe people will visit you more often. I feel like a more appropriate question for grandma to ask is, have you been saying your prayers? Right. Instead of, are you a good girl? And I think you know what I mean by that question. Right. I don't like I don't like Ugh. it. Um, so the next scene we have is master bedroom. Um Helen is, of course, taking pills. I mean, we all saw that coming. She's going to be, like, also popping pills. It's the 70s yeah. and drinking her bourbon. And John, of course, thinks pills and alcohol are leading her away from God. Good job, John. <laughs> it's, n- it's not about her health. Correct. It's about her mortal soul. Right. Um, she's belligerent. It's terrible. It's one of many, many awkward, horrible, drunk moments we have in the house. So downstairs, Patty is running lines with a scruffly chin teenager named Timmy. It's like that kind of facial hair that's right under the chin. Like they took their chin and they dragged it in poop. Yeah. And it's just underneath. But his hair was good. um, 70s vibe, I thought. I don't think that he would have had that under hair, though. 
I could be wrong. I did not live in the 70s, but I don't feel like he would have had facial hair at like 16 or 15, however old he's supposed to be. Yeah. Am I wrong? I don't know. I'm trying to think of that 70s show. I thought the hair was good. The chin strap reminded me of a D-bag on Dateline. Right. That was very much 2000s. In the 90s. Right. Exactly. In the 2000s. Um, With balls to the wall or whatever shirt on. But so Timmy and Patty are running lines. Is his name Timmy? Really? Timmy. <laughs> That's sure funny. Is. Mom comes in with her bourbon and interrupts them so that you know this is going to be great. Um, and she thinks it's very interesting that the play is a murder mystery, especially in this home. So mom launches into a story, much to Patty's horror, who says, stop, mom, stop, about a murder that supposedly happened in that very house, right in that very den, which used to be a library. So it is the house from Clue, for sure. Mm-hmm, that's, mm-hmm. that's a done deal. So is it a ghost? Is that where this story is going? It's called Murder House. I thought that whole scene was going to go different. I thought when she was like, aren't you going to say hello to me, Timmy? She thought she was going to hit on Timmy. I thought she was going to be a full-on Mrs. Robinson on Timmy. Yeah, 100%. And he's like, hi, Mrs. Um, So-and-so. List. List. Hi, Mrs. List. Like, he's uncomfortable from the jump. But she's a boozy, not a floozy. There you go. Yeah, she has. She takes her marriage vows very seriously. Sure, <laughs> she yeah. loves her husband very much. She loved her first husband very much. We're not sure about this one. So next up, we see John at his job. Uh, he has a really good job at a bank, but unfortunately, he has zero people skills. Again, going back to that thing that maybe possibly I can't diagnose him with, but it makes him very bad at his job because. He's not. He wouldn't have been diagnosed with it in the seventies, anyways. True, but he can't deal with customers at of any sort. He's not friendly. He's not approachable. He's nothing. He's really cut and dry, and it's just so strange because they make it seem like that's a skill you have to have if you work in any aspect of a bank, even if you're an accountant for a bank. And I was like, No, really? Uh, uh-uh. uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think you have to be. I think you have to be able to talk to your coworkers. You're not a regardless. bank teller. Yeah, you're not working with the general public. You're not in customer service. I think he couldn't deal with his coworkers. Right. Like he couldn't deal with his boss. He couldn't yeah. deal with anyone. Um, so John's boss comes into his office. And is John's boss the cop that we see at the beginning? Because they look a lot alike to me. Do you think they recycled the actor? I got confused. I thought they might have been <laughs> brothers or cousins. That's hilarious. It was like, oh, my brother can play this. My brother can play the cop. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't um, notice. That's funny. He does a good job. The The boss actually does a decent job for a bit part. He has a pretty thick Jersey accent, which I was like, why is he from Jersey? And then I was like, oh, this is in Jersey. I forgot because no one else has a Jersey accent, but he does. So he does a long rigmarole of something about how he missed deadlines on X, Y, and Z. And the bottom line is John gets fired. The boss, while he's firing him, is tossing around some sort of statue figurine of a saint, I think. And you're watching, like, John's eyes following the saint. Like, he's going to drop St. Andrew or I don't know. I don't know saints. But he puts it on the desk, walks out, and John is left. And he's getting like that. They're doing that angry music with his eyes narrowing. So you know that John's like, yes, things are snapping in throughout. His yes, they they do that a lot where he, someone's saying the wife is saying something to him. And you see close-ups of John's, like temples, you know, 
clenching, temple muscle clenching and like stress. And then the music gets very intense and you're like, he's, his mind is breaking in half. Yeah. But he's losing it. The boss says, I'll have someone come talk to you about a severance package. And I was like, oh, he's going to be okay then for a little bit at least. But John does not feel that way. I think that, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that we missed that because immediately we go into John's terrified the family's going to be in poverty. I think they were already heavily in debt and overextended. I think they couldn't afford the house they were in and the lifestyle they were living. And so the severance isn't going to help. Right. Well, the mom is spending thousands on booze and pills. I don't know if that's it. It could be, though. She could be buying very expensive liquor. It wasn't um, Patty because Patty's clothes looked like normal clothes. From it's like, the house. It's it's Alma in the attic. They're house poor. They have to, I mean, it must cost a fortune in heating to heat grandma three floors up. Like You think they're heating her? They were barely remembering to give her dinner. Yeah, they're giving she her an getting, Afghan blanket. And yeah, they are. From the mob. Yeah. Here's my peas and half mashed potatoes. That's sad. Okay. So he keeps his unemployment a secret from the family, as you do. It's the best the best policy. Dishonesty is the best policy. He's leaving for work in the morning and coming back from work just like he's going to work, but he's not because he's been fired. Next up, we're back at home. And this is all happening in the space of this. I don't know how long he's like going to work and coming back. Very short, which is why I thought the severance line was so interesting because I was like, is when he'd be okay for like maybe at least a month or something. Was that ad-libbed by the actor? Right, because I that it, that's what I think too. And I was like, why did they include that? Because that leads us to believe a totally different thing than he's immediately in money trouble and they're going to lose their house like that week. You're totally so correct. That's I feel funny. like, again, that was a, in, yeah, a strange ad. But again, they didn't think anyone would be recapping or discussing. Surprise, we're here. Okay, um... So then back at home, I don't know what time of day it is, but mom's in the kitchen having some sort of an attack. She's freaking out. She's screaming. We don't have law. It's Patricia and John in the kitchen only. And she's like holding her head and saying, we don't have long. Patricia, it's all coming to an end. Like clutching her head and then like jerking and then clutching her head again. You think I thought she was having an aneurysm. Or since it's ID, I thought possessed by a demon. Yeah, then back to the demon, the house ghost from the first murder. Right. Um, She's been possessed. None of that's true. She wakes up in the bed and a doctor is, you know, flashing the light back and forth, whatever doctors do, up across her eyes. Yeah, home visit. Oh, yeah. I love the doctor. Yeah. Are they rich? Are they? I think that was just more of an early 70s thing, but and a rich thing. Yeah. Okay. Um. And she wakes up and tells the doctor, you have to help me. My husband wants me gone. They all want me gone. It's some sort of paranoia, you know? So he's like, your husband's right there. Right. And she's like, see? I yeah, don't go. see him. He's a ghost. No, that's what I thought it was going to go to. I was like, you don't have a husband. He died 20 years ago. And she's like, who have I been talking to? In the war. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out John's not a real person. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> The doctor pulls John away and Patty goes and sits with her mom. And the doctor says to John that there are symptoms of mental illness and blindness. All of these things (laughs) The best episode, the best line of the episode, I feel like the doctor got. What? Go. 
No, which is what you're about to say. What? That she has syphilis? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't I, expecting it. I wasn't either. I was like, oh, she is a floozy. Like, that was my first. I was like, oh, boozy and floozy. No. No. No, no, no. She got it from her first hubby. First hubby got it in Korea. First hubby sleeping around on the missus in Korea. Okay. I'm just saying. And then gave it to her, but they didn't catch it soon enough because they weren't testing for syphilis back then. So if you don't, you can clear up syphilis really fast with like penicillin or an antibiotic if you catch it early. But now it's so far progressed that it's like in her brain. I didn't, I don't know anything about syphilis. Apparently that happens. Yeah, it can make you crazy. That's nuts. Um, And so now she's going to have episodes like this forever. Are they going to get worse and worse? I, I think she's, she can die from it. Really? I kind of thought that was it. Like he was saying, sometimes she'll be okay. And then sometimes, or maybe, maybe not. Maybe he did. You're probably right that she was going to live forever just with this because it whatever it is, is like John is miserable because he's now stuck with this crazy lady. But it's in her head. And completely. it's all, it's yeah. Oy. But she's not just drunken pilly. She's syphily. No, now she's syphily and drunken pilly all together, all rolled into one ball of fun. And for, probably for a, just not a nice person. And just seems, yeah, generally really unhappy with how her life has turned out. Yeah. What happened to her first husband? Did he die? Or did, did he leave Did she kill her? him? Right. Did she drive him away? Did she know about the syphilis all along? And Are she we... knowingly slept with John and could have given it to him? Well, that's what I don't understand either. He says, the good news is you don't have it. You'll never get it. And I thought that was a slight, like, because you, she's never going to oh, sleep with you again. Oh, because you're not sleeping together. No, I think he just meant because you, you, if you haven't gotten it by now, you're not going to get it. So... I thought that's what he said. Like, if since you guys have been sleeping together, you would know by now if you had it. But the kids don't have it? Your knob would have fallen off. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's those kind of symptoms. It's not the drip drip of gonorrhea. So what <laughs> happens with, sorry, what happens? I don't know how syphilis works. Kids don't get it. It's not like HIV. I don't think it's passed down to the baby. In a bloodline. I don't blood. think so. Okay. We, we sound dumb, but I don't think so. I don't know if we're that dumb because I don't know how much people know about syphilis. Yeah, it's true. I know a lot about alcoholics, but I don't know anything about syphilis. So, okay, I've still got one up on you for this episode, but I'm sure something's coming. So, okay, now everything starts to really fall apart. Um, Patty finds a foreclosure letter in the mail. I don't. First of all, I don't know why she's opening her dad's mail, but that's cool. Good point. So she's in the living room. Um, Nosy Nelly. Nosy Patty finds... Well, she is the mom of the house now, so... Right. So she's opening it thinking maybe it's an acceptance from a college. I don't know. I don't oh, know how old she is. I hope it's not. Dead, it's like this life is over. I know. Um, and dad says... Uh, dad comes in and she says, what's going on? What is this? Why Are we losing the house and the car? And he says... This is our time of trial because he speaks only in platitudes or Bible verses like no nothing else. No normal human like, honey, don't worry, it's going to be OK. It's all God is testing us. This is our time to be tested by the Lord. It's, it's everything like, oh, like if that. you took a robot man and only programmed him with Bible verses with the New Testament. That's what you get. Yeah, that's all he knows how to speak. Oh, my gosh. So John takes this opportunity to encourage Patty not to stray to the wicked, to be like her mother, to stay strong in the Lord. But God Meanwhile, is not. Meanwhile, 
Yeah. I think we skipped the scene where he's the total a-hole to that homeless guy. I did. I just ignored he's it. He's not preaching anything. Time. Like, he's not practicing what he's preaching. He's a jerk. He is a jerk. The homeless guy, like, can you, do you have any change? And he's yeah. like, God helps those who help themselves. Right. No, but he can use any Bible verse to suit. Yes. He knows so much of it. Yes. That pick he and can choose. Pick and choose. Right. Mm-hmm. I do not mm-hmm. like that. Um. So... By November, and I don't know what month we started in, but they keep going. Maybe I should have paid more attention. But by November, hope and faith have forsaken them, and they can barely keep the electric bill on, the voiceover tells us. So Helen decides that this is probably the best time, again, we have a master bedroom scene, to tell John that she wants her name taken off the church member rolls. You go down to that church and you take my name off the rolls. I, but she doesn't pe- even know he's lost his job, right? No. She doesn't know they're poor. No, she's just picked a real bad time. Yeah. She just doesn't. I think every. I think that she's just picking at something every night. Like yeah. she'll just pick something new to yell at him yeah. about. Now it's that she doesn't want to be a member of the church because that she knows that'll get him the most. Um, she says, I don't believe anymore. And I'm not sure I ever did. Mm-hmm. So... John is obviously going to lose his mind. So before he loses his mind, she decides to emasculate him even more by saying, oh, and have you talked to your doctor about your little problem? And then laughs maniacally for 45 minutes. I don't know. It seems like forever. It lasted a really long time. Mm -hmm. While we get those pictures of John with with his eyes narrowing and you see neurons firing behind his brain. Um, John turns and is screaming at Helen. Well, she first, did you see what hand gesture she was making? No, I didn't. What would she do? She's going like this. Oh, she did this? Yeah, Uh that's horrible. Yeah. Okay, is that a director thing? Because there's no way she would have ever... Well, little problem. Doesn't she say like your little problem? But how would they know that? How would the the hands... How would the writer of this episode know that that argument happened? What a weird oh, yeah, thing to none put of in. This. Yeah, no. Yeah, unless there was a diary, we don't know that any of this happened. Right. Yeah. This is all fabricated, we think. She is making the little, little, wee, tiny gesture with her fingers. Like, your little problem. Yeah. I wish you hadn't seen that because I didn't see that. And I assumed that she was talking about impotence. Which made a little too. bit more sense. Oh, I 100% think that she is confusing the two things. I think either the actress didn't understand the line or the character is so confused by her syphilis. But it's who could have sex with this woman that is screaming drunkenly at you? And you know she has oh, yeah. syphilis. So. Yeah, no thanks. We're good. I'll take, I'll take a hard pass on that. Yeah. But he flips out on her finally and is saying he's screaming at her for basically not wanting to be a part of the church anymore, for taking his children down the path of unrighteousness. And he will not allow it. And he's bellowing and so on and so forth. And we get a jump cut to the to Alma's attic, to the attic mom. Nazi grandma. Yeah. And she's like smiling and then starts rocking in her rocker chair. So creepy. She's so proud of her boy. So proud. For finally can... standing up to her. Oh, my god. Oh, because we didn't mention that when she first. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It comes later. She comes makes a, a comment later. like I didn't want her to come in the room. She yeah. does not like they do not like each other. Grandma and 
mom. Wife. So is that why grandma's in the attic? Because Helen won't have her in the house. If she has to live I here, know. I don't want to see her. Is it yeah, that maybe. kind of thing? But then he doesn't stand up for his mother. He doesn't stand up for anything. He doesn't really. You're right. That's not his right. jam. So this is why this is a big deal, this yelling. Um, so now the tensions have reached fever pitch with this fight. And on the morning of November 9th, which I'm assuming we are to assume it's the morning after this fight, life changes forever. Uh, children come down and are going to school. Dad comes out of the shadows as he always, he's such a creepy peeper, comes out and does that really he creepy just thing. And yeah. then he like glides into the room like he's barely walking and just it's, appears. It's not great. And he does this really like that creepy thing that you know something bad's about to happen because he goes to his sons and he's like, look at you all grown up, touches their face, that kind of stuff. You'll be such a good man soon. Something, you know, things like that. And then to the other son, and you're already there. It's like, Ugh. Yeah, you're already there. I don't care about you that much. He didn't care about that other son. I felt bad. Um, no. And then he, that kid got no screen time. Yeah. His agent and mother were pissed. Uh -huh. but hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morphe. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Patty, he turns to Patty and says, and you, the woman of the house or the lady of the house is what he says, the lady of the house. And then and she's like, Dad, we really got to go. Timmy's outside in the car, which doesn't make any sense later. We'll get. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Good point. So Timmy's got a car, but all right. And mm -hmm. so and he's honking. So all of them exit. They run out. They're going to school. And we know that SHIT is about to hit the fan. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's about to go down. So. Helen is washing in the in the sink. She's washing something. Her bourbon glass is right next to her. It's got to be 8 a.m. in the morning. But and she's, she's like actually doing housework. I think she was rinsing out her bourbon glass and then was wringing out the sponge. She was trying. She sure did. Doing something. She had a clean glass. That's good. Don't make that syphilis any worse. I don't know. She was, I don't think it's past that. Is it? Who knows? We got um, nothing. We don't know anything. But I was like, he he should be like you're really stepping up you're doing chores at like 8 a.m it's too late for that no it's too late it's too late because she says something doesn't she at the sink i feel like she says something to him snarky aren't you going to work and he says no i'm not going today and she's like how are you gonna uh, buy us those tv dinners oh no she's like aren't you there aren't you worried about your big bonus how else are you gonna afford more tv dinners mm -hmm. next shot of course we see a gun to the back of her head and John shoots Helen in the back of the head at the kitchen sink. Well, first he says, you're not going to have any TV dinners anymore. Oh, that's right. Oh, I messed it up. I didn't write that down. Yes, he did. Um, so the psych says, basically, in John's head at this point, it's the only logical way. He's got to get rid of all of this stuff so he can, I don't know. He says be free, which I don't think is really what's going through his head at all. I think it's a lot more what we find out later, but we'll get there. So now, unfortunately, we have a side character come to the door. Ginger Michael. Oh, my paper boy comes to the door to get delivery to collect money for his Why paper. Why is he wrote. at school? 
He's like 12 years old. I'm not sure. This was a little much. The other to, kids to are me. at school, but you are, are allowed to skip school so you can collect for your paper route? Yes. Yes. That's the only answer I can. Yeah. He, he looks like he's straight out of the sandlot. He does. He looks like that one kid. John says, oh, come inside. I'll get my wallet. And I'm like, don't shoot this kid. He's going to shoot the kid. He's going to shoot Ginger Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes and like he, he's moving the gun so the kid can't see the gun. And you just know the kid's going to somehow sneak back into the kitchen, see Helen dead on the floor and run. A, I don't know, get shot, something. None of that happens. It's a total red herring. They set mm-hmm. us up from the beginning. He comes back and you see something behind his back and he pulls out his wallet. What's the worst part of this is that he stiffs him. He stiffs yeah. Michael, gives him 10. He owes him 20. I don't think the paper delivery was $20 back in 1971. I'm just going to say that. Seems, for how is that for the year? I mean, it ex- seems steep. Yeah. What paper is this? It's like a glossy magazine. What is it? No, I don't like it. So they're all handwritten. Like so Michael's at home handwriting. Yeah. Um, he was an ink and a quilt. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not that old. So he comes inside. Yeah, he doesn't give him enough. And he says, I, I, we're going out of town. This is all a setup for that. This is all I a setup. I think so, right? Yeah. yeah. But also, if he's saying, I'll pay you later, but then he says, we're going out of By town. By the way, I won't need the paper next month. Next sentence. It's, yeah. I'll get you next time, but I'm not going to need <laughs> the paper next month. I'm taking my family to North Carolina. Yeah. Michael doesn't care. Michael wants his $10. Right. You think you're going to remember to give him that money in a month? I'm sorry. He- better off dead. Yeah, I want my $2. Yeah, I felt How that. How much was that paper? This paper could not have been more than the paper in Better Off Dead when that kid's trying to collect the money. Well, this could be for a longer period of time. $20 for a month. Is way too much. Way too much for a paper. Yeah, so it must be for two months at least. I think this just slipped by con- like the, yeah. the historian, the researchers. Yeah. I don't know if they have researchers. Anyways, um... But also, he Michael has to eat that cost. If he doesn't get that, his boss, the hub, the big gang leader who runs, I just like, you know, the mafia guy who runs the newspaper ring, he's not going to take the, oh, well, he's going out of town and he doesn't, he didn't have $20 on him. He, Michael, then you're losing a tooth or something. You got to pay for that $10 somehow. You know who I imagine is the ringleader? Have you seen that Portlandia episode when the, it's brunch town? Yes. The brunch out when Tim Robbins is like in that in that back area, mm-hmm. and they cut the line and they be, they're taken to him. That's who the paper boy boss is. Yeah, and he makes you eat dry pop tarts. <laughs> I love dry pop tarts. That's all dry. I've been eating now in my quarantine. Uh, you're not supposed to. Why? I thought you couldn't get them. You said you couldn't get to the grocery. St- you went to the grocery store for pop tarts. No, I didn't. Didn't you? No. Did they come by stork? How did they come to you? I Pop-tart didn't bring you Pop-Tart Fairy. Them. Pop-Tart Fairy, huh? Mm-hmm. What do you put under your, like you put a breadcrumb under your pillow and then you and wake a, up. And, and a strawberry. And then you get the frosted strawberries and a and grain a, of sugar. And a grain of, a grain of sugar. <laughs> and then you get this, and if or if you put brown sugar. Brown and sugar a and crumb, a pinch of cinnamon. Then you get the brown sugar crumb, cinnamon. Then you get the brown sugar cinnamon. Yeah. Okay, I, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Anyways, this is just a setup so we know that he's like kind of setting the scene so that everyone thinks the family is going to be gone for a month. Right. Um, now, luckily, Michael makes it out alive. He leaves. and Good for him. John slowly 
walks up the stairs to see Mudder. Is that what <laughs> Dwight's parents are called in the office? Yeah. Hello, uh-huh. Mudder. Tell father I am married. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, he goes, he goes to Mudder and it, basically the only information that he needs from her is there a sin that God could not forgive. So he needs Mudder to tell him that if he repents after killing what we're going to assume is going to be everyone, that he God will forgive him. And she essentially says yes. She says What some, is she his priest? Like she can't make that call. She has the Bible memorized. She gives verses immediately, like Proverbs thirty four ten. Like she's ready with the verse. Oh, that's when she says the thing about his wife. Is when he walks in, she says something like close the door. I didn't Yeah, I didn't want Helen to come in. I didn't want and, that wife of yours. Yeah, to come he in. says she won't be bothering you anymore. Yeah. Oh, and then he's, she says, what was the racket downstairs? Yeah, she says, what was the racket? I would also be like, you know what a gunshot sounds like, right? She says, I dropped something. What did you drop that sounds like a gunshot? A bowling ball. Yeah. No, that would be like a thud. You know what sounds like a gunshot? When you take a board and you pull it back and you have your foot on one end of it, it goes slap. Yes. That sounds like a gunshot. Okay. Oh, I and think. then she, he says, "I'm. let me open the window for you. What and is she that? says, is that she's her... lovely. Like, she, that's her biggest joy in life because she has but no TV in that room. Why are you opening? So, first of all, why isn't the window already open? Can she get out of the chair? Yeah, I don't know if she can. And also, why are you opening the door or the window considering what you're about to do? Correct. It makes no sense. I think that's so her soul can escape. Don't you need a window open so your soul can go? Oh, is that a really? I don't know. That's, I don't know what that's from. I feel like that's from a book. What book is that from? I don't know. It's going to be a real nerdy book. I'm worried about it. Okay. I'm worried about this. Anyways, or let vampires in. One of the two. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know why he's doing that. It also defeats the purpose of later, but that's fine. Obviously, yes, you're right. Uh-huh. He shoots dear mother in the head. Yeah, back of the head so she doesn't see it coming. Kind of. He's sorted to the side. Yeah, but she can't see that well. Her peripheral vision is not that great. We don't know. She's just so delighted to have the window open. It's um, made her whole day. Until, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. She went out she happy. Was running. Yeah, yeah, she did. So then he gets in his car. We don't see any of this. We just hear it in a voiceover. He gets in his car at this point, goes to the bank, withdraws some money from his mother's account. So mm-hmm. mo- mommy has Nazi gold. There that's you why go. that's how they're paying mm-hmm. the house and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Takes some blood money from her account, goes <laughs> yes. home, makes a sandwich, and waits for the boys to come home. Yes. And they walk in the door. He says, Hey, come or boys, can you come in here for a minute? Like the minute they get in, because they're like, Okay, let's grab something to eat, because they're getting ready to go out and play ball in the street or do something. Yeah. They're improving dialogue of what they're going to do after. It's not bad. It's good it improv. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. They go into the dining-esque room, one of the rooms, sitting room, I don't know, adjacent room. They go into the room. You hear them say, no, one of them say, no, dad, wait, and then bang. And then the other one say, dad, what? Bang. So they had to see it coming. They did. The mom and his mom got to blissfully unaware of what Which came. Is, that seems reverse of what you would want. You would want... The wife who you despise to see it coming. It's but, really, it's confusing. Um, yeah. And also horrifying. Mm-hmm. So we then don't you, see it, thank God. We see everyone else's. Thank God. 
And then he he puts them both into the ballroom. So he's just stacking up the bodies. Yeah. Well, not Ex- the moms. Well, he not leaves the moms. the moms. So apparent Patty's the left last one standing at this point, and they drag it out. She's walking home with Timmy. So I don't know what happened to Timmy's car. It broke. It down got impounded small. at lunch. Because it's not his car. Timmy stole the car. He was stolen. Uh Uh-huh. And so he is wearing a mustard mock turtleneck, which is atrocious, but perfect costuming. And so she, they have like a back and forth about, he wants her to sneak out tonight and come see him. And she says, well, I don't know. My dad's been really stressed out about work and my mom's really sick. I don't think it's a good idea you know, why don't you just come in for a few minutes right now? And he's like, looks at the front door, looks at her and is like, uh, just see if you can sneak out tonight. And she seems kind of bummed out by that. And I'm like, girl, you know. Why are you inviting him in after, ev- why would you even ever have anyone over? No, with no your child. your dad being your dad and your mom being your mom. You don't, no child of an alcoholic parent invites people over. I will tell you that right now. There's or a no robotic way. Bible toad and dad. Right. Like, no, you don't. Who's no. like acting as a sin. You're all going straight to hell. But so Timmy escapes by the skin of his turtleneck. And his chin hair is where he kept all of his wisdom. It did. And it, and it served him Intuition. well. Intuition. He yeah. listened to his gut and his it chin It was like hairs. a rustling in the hair, like a wind blew. And it was the soul go, Timmy. of the Nazi grandma going through his beard saying stay away warning warning (laughs) and so um anyways patty walks in the house and they they drag it out a little bit they she's sort of like looking around for people and goes into a room which i can only assume is the ballroom the house is massive and dad comes from the back and we hear a bang yeah but i think she sees the mom on the floor first doesn't did she, she go say, into the kitchen or did she go into the ballroom? Well, I thought she said mom. Oh, she mom, says mom. But she I does. can't, but I don't know if she's like looking down, like she sees her mom so on the floor. So is she calling for like, mom, mom or is she, saying, or is she right. calling for mom? Unclear. She doesn't look down far enough for me to tell. Mm-mm. It's really sad. He basically has shot his entire family within the space of six hours. Yeah. Then he calls the schools and excuses the kids from school for a month, I guess, or a while. He stops all of the deliveries coming to the house. We saw him stop the paper delivery and the milk delivery, which I don't know. People still got milk deliveries in the 70s? You, yeah, you don't I, know. I don't. I know nothing. So he leaves all the lights on in the house and leaves classical music on. Then, But I thought they were having trouble keeping the lights on. That is exactly what I said. How in the world? How are they playing this music for like a long time? don't really understand. I don't either. That was really confusing to me. Um, Then he moves the bodies into sleeping bags, but only the three children, and then takes off. So a month goes by. Yeah, that's a lot of electricity. Just Well, I guess it's not that much to play a radio. So maybe the lights were off, but the radio would need electricity. Yeah, but not a lot compared to the rest of the house. But if you have lights on... And radio. Oh, they did have lights because the neighbors start to notice that lights are being burned out and not the outside lights are being burned out and no one's replacing them. I thought it was also that there were lights on in the house that weren't going off and on. Did they not notice that or did I make no, that up in No, I my think head? they noticed that lights were being burned, were burning out and no one was replacing them, like outside lights. I see. That's interesting. Okay. So maybe they left, he left the lights on outside 
Yeah, maybe. And the radio on inside, but no lights or maybe one light inside. I don't know. Anyways, it's been a month. And also people thought it was weird. Patty is the kind of person that if they go away for a weekend, she'll send postcards Mm -hmm. and nothing. No word from Patty. Why Um, did we have to see Patty get shot and not the boys? The boys we barely knew. Patty, the one we become attached to and we're rooting for, we have to see her get shot in the head. Trying to traumatize us. Drama? The boys are younger, but Patty's still underage. We still had to see an underaged girl get shot in the head. Thanks, Do you want to write a letter? No, I love ID. I would okay. never. No, good job, ID. Yeah, we like them. So, and also this was a supreme, this is a pretty good, re, like the, they did a good job acting this out. It was good. So I was in, I was into it. I was involved. Um, yes. The, the, it had a very spooky, creepy vibe, the whole thing. They did a good job. So now we find out um, that one of the people who's been telling us the story the whole time, he's the, I think he's the ex-chief of police or something, was actually the young cop that we see at the beginning mm. slash boss. But young cop at the beginning is that guy. Um, and so we're back at the beginning of our story before we go to the opening credits. And they, he said the smell of death was so strong in the house. You just smelled it right when you walked in. Um, but John had actually turned the thermostat down to 50 degrees in well, the house. Well, that costs a fortune. That's, I was so confused. I thought the electric, not He the, did get the money from the mom's Nazi bank account. Gold. But no, but he needed that to go and start a new life. I know. So I don't understand how he's paying that, that my dad won't turn on the air conditioning because it won't go, because he doesn't want it to go down to 75 because that's, God forbid, too much money. And this guy can heat the whole, can make the whole house in the 50s. So we're, the cops are swarming the house. They're, you know, doing their forensic evidence, collecting, what have you, whatever they did in the 70s. Um, and they find a, the letter that, oh, and by the way, the cops are kind of great. The chief of police is real. It, the, he doesn't talk about that. The chief of police, they're very New York. Yeah. He's very much, very like but that. I thought we were in Jersey, whatever. Well, he's very Jersey. Is that, is that it's the same accent, right? Kind of. Oh, Really? We're going to get letters now. Apologies in advance. Don't send me letters. I know. And I'm sorry about the German slash Russian. So <laughs> he had left a letter, not not to the police, not a love letter to his family that he had just killed. He left a letter to Pastor Van Winkle. What is that pastor name? Pastor Van Winkle. It is that like Rip Van Winkle, like R.I.P. Van Ooh. Winkle. And has anyone ever done anything with that? And do I need to write that down for Mark K. Ting? I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. I don't I really think, I don't really see what the idea is there. Um, maybe an episode title. Okay. For like a sassy cop show. Okay. Like how, like Criminal Minds. Is that like, are they fun on that? Or like CSI? No. CSI would have something like. Yeah. So you're going to come up with one name for an episode, like not the episode, just the title. And you're going to write to them to like CBS and say, I have an episode title for you. I feel like it's better if I slide it across the table. So I'm going to need a physical meeting okay. with a network. Yeah, mm-hmm. They're they're always looking for titles for their shows. We did meet that, that we have a good relationship with ID Network now. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll see after this, but yeah. Because of Rip Van Winkle, they're not no. going to. Because of my accent? Because of the German accent? No, I just don't know if they're looking for titles of TV show episodes. 
Well, in case they are, now I have It's not one. even an idea for a show that you're pitching. You're not your idea. You're pitching an idea for an episode for a show, the title, not even the plot of the show. You know, in this time of sadness and turmoil in our country, uh-huh. I expect um, sometimes it's the small victories. That's true. It's the tiny wins. Yeah, that's true. You're right. Anyways, did you come up with an episode title today? Oh, <laughs> no, you didn't? Okay, no, didn't. here we go. <laughs> So anyways, uh, the letter to Rip Van Winkle, it's not. It's Pastor Red Winkle, but it's the same thing. Um, first of all, the captain is mad at the young cop. I thought this was so funny. He was mad at the young cop because the young cop is like, shouldn't we let the pastor read it first? Shouldn't we give it to the pastor? It's addressed to him. And the old cop is like, like basically takes out a cigar. It's yes. like almost like that. He just murdered his whole family. (laughs) But sure, let's let the pastor read it first. He's furious at this young cop. Actually, anyways, I wonder if that happened. So hilarious. The young cop reads us the letter and it says that pretty much John wasn't making enough money. He didn't want to go on welfare because that would upset his. It would be distressing to his family and the (laughs) lifestyle they were used to. And it would be stressful for his children to say they were on welfare. Okay. So why don't you sell your ginormous house? But that's- No, it is, it's, there wasn't a lot of sense going on. And it happens all the time on Dateline and in the real world with super, super religious people that are so keen to not commit one sin that they end up committing all of the sins to avoid making this one sin. The one sin. So also in the letter, he knew that Helen deciding not to go to church anymore would have an effect on the family, would somehow, because she would stop going, that maybe the children would want to stop going, that it would be a ripple effect. And that, well, and also- A rip-tan-winkle effect. A rip reeks. (laughs) (laughs) It would be a ripple Van Winkle and the whole family would stop going. And also with Patty wanting to be an actor, that then she would become corrupt. Oh, she's a heathen already. Yeah. Heathen. And would yeah. not be a Christian anymore. And moving out to liberal Hollywood. Yeah. That's hating America. It doesn't work like that at all. Um <laughs> it also doesn't work that she wouldn't be a Christian anymore. In Christianity, right. remember, if you accept Jesus into your heart then that's that's that. You did that. You don't, it's not a take back. You can't be like, I reject you from my heart, like from a mountaintop, and then Jesus leaves your heart. That's not the way that works. So it's it's weird that he thinks that he's, he needs to kill them all right now to save their souls, basically. He needs to it's end It's a lot this. like Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. That's it's kind a lot of like what that. they were yeah. thinking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because what they're going to... After the ever after is better. So he just needs to take them out now before their souls get corrupt and they go to hell. And they don't go to heaven. Right. But again, it doesn't work like that. I don't know. Maybe it does in Lutheran church, but, but I don't also, think so. Also, he didn't want to admit to them that he had lost his job. So that was another reason. Yeah. So he's super prideful, by the way, which is a sin, but that's right. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't focus on that part over yeah. there. So mom was a uh, mother. Mother was a mercy killing. Yes. She was now relieved of the troubles of this world. Also, P.S., she was a Nazi. You didn't yeah. say that. But, she deserved um, it. 
Yeah, she had war crimes. Yeah. And then, <laughs> Ma, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sure she was a very sweet lady. She birthed the monster. That's not her fault. I don't was know. His she dad seemed a to never t- take him aside and go, you're getting really into this Jesus stuff and it's creeping everyone out. And there is no, you've never smiled once since I birthed you. I think there's something going on. But she was on. really into the, she was really into yeah, the religion. Yeah, I kind of think she made him that but way. But was she into the religion and was the reason he was asking her about forgiving of sins is because she had some sins oh. she needed to be forgiven for. So I think she, and so basically he was saying, you escaped the Nuremberg trials unscathed, but you have forgiven your but you've forgiven yourself from for these war crimes. Mm-hmm. And that worked for you, right? So and she's no, like, God forgave yep. her. Right. So she has devoted her life to the Bible because she was forgiven of her crimes. Right. We don't again, allegedly, I don't know. And I do not think that again, I have to repeat it, I do not think that all Germans are Nazis. This <laughs> seems odd. <laughs> so this set of circumstances does not bode well. So the end of the letter, there's a P.S. on the letter, and it says, Mother is on the third floor. She is too heavy to move. See, that's just adding um, That's just adding insult to injury. Oh, that is. That's what you don't like. I do not like that. You do it's not like, like that. It's like putting someone's weight on a missing poster. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry about that. So, that's yeah, rude. It's not right. Um, so the cops are at a disadvantage here for many reasons, but the biggest one being they're one month out of the actual crime because the Mm -hmm. letter is dated. And so he has had a big head start on his new life in Mexico or wherever he, they think he's gone. Months go by years go by. They don't think he's ever going to be caught. So then a TV program, a TV program, what Mm -hmm. TV, what, I mean, it's unsolved mysteries, right? Or Most Wanted. Oh, America's Most Wanted. America's That's Most Wanted. Is. Yeah. Runs the story in 1989. And Mrs. Flannery calls in a tip. Yay, Mrs. Okay, Flannery. let's go, Mrs. Flannery. She says, I know John List. He lives in Richmond, Virginia, and he's married to my neighbor. <laughs> so then we get probably the best actor <laughs> like, in the series, which is an ex-football player turned <laughs> yes. actor. for. Yeah. He's playing an FBI agent. He's a large, muscly black man mm-hmm. who is fabulous. Mm-hmm. He's great, full of energy, and he's like making faces on the phone call. Yeah, he he's, does like a double take. I think that he is definitely an ex-athlete. He's a big guy, and I yeah. think that he's doing great. Though I think he yeah. took some less, he took some uh-huh. coaching, and he's doing, he's hitting it. Okay, so now next up we see Robert Clark is on a nameplate, and in this. Weird little accounting office, which looks just like his old office, is sitting John List, except he's got more gray hair. Mr. FBI guy comes in and he comes in hot. He's mad and he's not having it. Uh-huh. And he says, how you doing, John? Or something like, you know, leading He's sarcastic him. from the get go. From he, the jump. Because even to the lady on the phone, he's like, um, yeah, that might be helpful. Mm-hmm. Like, knowing the whole information of exactly where he is. Yeah, I think we can use that information. And I don't think typically FBI guys are like that. I think they're pretty much yeah. straight up. I need right. the facts. I need yeah. the facts, ma'am. Unless you're that one guy on McMillions and then you right. have I more personality. Yeah. You'll see. It's the most personality I've ever seen in an FBI guy. And he, <laughs> he makes the series. It's Is a he great FBI series. candy? 
No, he's just FBI delicious. Dandy. He's delightful. FBI dandy. (laughs) (laughs) He's delightful. Yes. So anyways, um, he's Mr. Personality. So he's, he comes in hot. Right. They call me Mr. Personality because you're so ugly. You're so ugly. What song they is call that? You like Mr. a mean Personality song? Because, do you, if, I, just, I think it's like from the 90s. It's terrible. Do people sing that about me? <laughs> oh, my God. That song makes me sad in my heart. I don't want to hear what, that song anymore. What would you think they were singing about you? Because in the and 90s. calling you a mister. <laughs> yeah. In the 90s? We don't know. I don't know. High school's mean. So, anyways. um, <laughs> Although I wasn't in high school. I was so young in the 90s. Really yeah. little, like a wee baby. Um, they sing that about babies? Anyways. So, <laughs> so Mr. FBI guy comes in hot and he's, and John is like not doing a very good job of, you know, I don't know who you're talking about because he, he doesn't have a any inflection in his voice. You and know so, what? If he had taken some acting lessons from Patty, he would have done better in this moment. Yeah, he really would have. You, but now he you shouldn't have dissed actors so much. But he also isn't giving anything away the other way either. He's just giving nothing. He's yeah. giving a big fat goose egg. And so Mr. FBI is like, I, you think I'm going to let you snowball me after all this time? <laughs> like is totally letting him have it. What's like, funny is he makes it it sound like this is the case that has haunted him. Like this is the first time we see this FBI guy. I assumed there were many guys working on this case and not really that focused on it. And then like the show did an episode about it. But like he this guy makes it sound like this is his white whale. This is the guy who he's been hunting for decades. Is this an actor choice? Right. Or is this a couple of scenes that got cut for time? Maybe, maybe. I mean, he definitely wasn't one of the guys at the original crime scene. It was he, unless he was. Was there a black guy there that then later became FBI? That like he's been hunting him since the beginning. We need some backstory on Mr. FBI. Um, also, I feel like we could have cut a few of the Helen awkward alcoholic scenes that made everybody start sweating. And put in more of FBI guy because he was great. I hope they use him again in other episodes because mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed him. Um, so the the weirdest slash best part of this is that John basically started over as the exact same person. <laughs> His name is John List. He became Robert Clark. He is an accountant in Virginia, and he is a steady member of a Lutheran church there. Just a different one. He just, he repackaged his same life except minus children. He and his new wife did not have children. I mean. Is she an alcoholic? (laughs) Does she have syphilis? (laughs) I don't know. I mean. It's like create, it's like when Dwight creates his like Sims life, but it's exactly the same. He's, he's the assistant to the regional manager, you know, it's called second life or something. And he creates it exactly the same because his life is so great. He just wants to like live it twice. Does he, wait, doesn't he do that when he's sad? He does it. He starts it when he's happy and then slowly he becomes sad and then it changes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that after he kills the cat? Yeah, yeah. After they okay. break up and she's dating Andy, I think. Oh, boy. Okay. So in 1990, he stands trial. And they said it's like watching a robot. And I'm like, yeah, he's that guy. So the prosecutor, Eleanor Clark, is like Jersey amazingness. She yes. is yelling. And she's talking to the judge like, 
This I want is, her and the FBI yeah. guy to do a scene together. I oh my gosh, I would have loved it. This and the chief of police who was yes. like, should we ask the pastor? And she's like, this is evil, Your Honor. Pure and simple. Like you cut out a Jersey prosecutor and she's perfect. And like in a red suit with her black curly hair. Um, so he puts in a plea for diminished capacity, which, okay, I, I actually kind of get it. It makes a little bit of sense because he is so such a religious zealot that like in his head, he firmly believed what he was doing was the correct thing. Yeah. But he ran. Yeah. So he had to have known that the police wouldn't have viewed it as the right thing to do. And they said he planned it. I don't know if he planned it more than 24 hours in advance. They seem to be saying he planned it for weeks. I don't know when he made the calls to the schools, but I'm pretty sure it happened all that day. So in the episode, it happened all that day, but they could be different. It, yeah, we don't know. So but nobody buys it anyways. Um and the judge kind of lets him have it, too, is talking about, like, how he's a disgrace and no honor and things like, oh, it's great. Um, in the end, they said the only rationalization for the murders was that he was doing them a favor by letting them die in a state of grace. And when the psychiatrist asked him, like, it's a pretty obvious question, why didn't you kill yourself? He said, because suicide is a sin. <laughs> and yeah. that's... I feel like they could have ended the episode right there. Yeah. They they do. I mean, they just tell us that he got sentenced to five years or five life sentences for each. No, sorry. Five life. Five I wrote, life sentences in a row? I wrote he was sentenced to five years for each. I'm, boy, that's bad. That's not. He got life sentences. Um, But so he only made it 18 years in prison before he passed. And I thought this was kind of awful and I didn't want to... Really, they should not have told us this, but the I think it was the chief of police or one of them. I think it was the guy who found the bodies that later became chief of police. He said he didn't suffer during the 18 years after he killed his entire family and was living his fake second life. And then he didn't suffer during his 18 years on the inside. So didn't suffer on the outside and didn't suffer on the inside of prison after committing the crime. He said, I think he should have suffered. Yeah. And I agree. I bet he was like running the Bible group. You 100% he was. You know he was. He was doing prayer meetings and church. And he was so happy because he just spent all day worshiping. Right. Because he's a sicko. And he has a new flock of listeners in his pod. Yeah, he does. And they probably (laughs) made a big deal when he died. This man is a murderer. He murdered innocent children that never had a chance to grow up to be anything great. Yeah. And he, he's really creepy looking, too, when they show him in real life. I was like, ooh, I got that. He looks like a Chester Molester for sure. Yeah, yeah. Creepy white dude with, like, a muddy face. I uh-huh. did not, not into it. All right, and that's it. That's the end. Thoughts? Loved it. Loved your recap. You did? Loved the episode. Did you love, what did you love the most? Was it R.I.P. Van Winkle? <laughs> That was my, my not my favorite, but I've liked everything else. <laughs> I'm just gonna say you're jealous. That's okay. You you could be jealous. It was it's really strong. It's I'm so just, sad for Patty I am and the too. boys. It's not am fair. Too. It nothing pisses me off more than this. Like I can't. I'll get. I can't. It just pisses me off so much. What the people using the Bible to justify like the worst things. 
It's really like, bad. picking the ones. Like, it's like a, a senator who, like, preaches against gay people and won't let gay people get married and all this stuff. And then they're caught with, like, an underage boy that they've been paying. So then you're you're paying for sex and you're cheating on your wife and you're lying to all your constituents because you didn't want to be gay. So it's like, wouldn't that one thing that you think is a sin be better off than all of these other things? Right. I don't understand. It's really, it's pretty... It's very it's confusing to me in this case. And then the fact that he also, I mean, he ran. He's a coward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it when the judge said no honor. I'm like, yeah, no, none. Also, He's no creativity. You have a chance to start your life over. Like, no, it's just he wanted to, he just wanted to wipe the slate clean. So, oh, that's what the judge said, too, is that instead of divorcing your wife, you murdered her. Oh, right. Because he didn't like divorce because he was so religious. Yeah, right. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Good he's, job, John. He's really a mom. And living beyond your means. Who told you to do that? Did God tell you to do that? Right. To buy this big mansion that you couldn't afford? Yeah. And then you were ashamed to go on welfare? Like, a lot of people have to. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a terrible, also, terrible person. Also, not giving that homeless man who's dressed as a stereotypical homeless man, um, like, a dime. Because God helps people that help themselves. Also, he was holding the paper upside down while he was doing that because he kept flipping it. And I was like, do you not know how to read either? <laughs> What's happening, John? Because like, he was looking in the want ads for a job. Yeah. And he kept like flipping it, but he was flipping it the wrong way. And I was like, <laughs> continuity. I see you. I see what's happening here. Okay. Yeah. So that is it for Murder House. Yay, Murder House. Next week will be another one. Okay, I thought you were going to reveal a little more. You're keeping it close to your vest. I am keeping it close chest? to my vest. Ch- both. Chest, my chest and my vest. But I did, there's one that's a little weird. I may do that one next. It's not one of these Your Worst Nightmare episodes. It's a different one. They get. It's a little funny. I got to watch a little more of it. Who compiled this list? Why is this our new Bible, so to speak? Because it said... <laughs> Because I believe in it. Because it said, <laughs> it said, um, don't want one episodes not to watch alone. And I was like, oh, it's perfect for us. I love it. Someone just used that phrase. And then that is like our whole new show. Yeah, that's it. I, we, I took that and ran with it. I got to look up the author because it's just going to be some person. I know. They inspired us. And they're like, oh, I didn't really think about that list too much. I just picked random episodes. Exactly. I'm be so mad. Oh, I, <laughs> Hoping they watch everything on ID and pick the best ones. No, they literally just no. were flipping and like, okay, this one sounds good. I had to turn in this article in 20 minutes. Yeah. So I'm just going to pick some. Yeah. Have you seen any from this season called like this series <laughs> yeah. called Suspicion? Oh, this one looks good. Oh, that sounds scary. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying all of the ones on the list so far. So we'll, we'll see. The, I think I'm. We're starting off with the stronger ones. These they might go downhill fast. We'll have to see what happens. Oh, and you guys know we don't hate religion, right? I feel like we always have to say that. Yeah, totally respect. Totally respect religion and the role it plays in people's lives and people that have religion. We're just just talking about people who do bad things that claim to be very religious people. That's our whole deal. I think for this episode, we're just going to need to, like, at the beginning, do a list of, like, <laughs> we we don't think all Germans are Nazis. <laughs> we don't hate all Christians. Like, just a string of, um, what's that called? Uh, c- 
it's not caveat. Pre, it's like pre-apologies. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're sorry. Yes. Just, and then fill in the blank. Okay. If you were an actress in the 1970s trying to follow your dreams, good. I hope it went oh well gosh. for you. Oh my goodness. So bad. <laughs> I hope you didn't wind up in adult films. Starting. Oh my goodness. <laughs> they were not everyone. Follow your dreams. You're all beautiful unicorns. Good luck. We need it. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody.